0: I have a new genre of YouTube videos, not ASMRs, but Say Yes to Marks, where it's just uh, Mark asking you questions that he desperately wishes you say yes to. Which Mark? Billy Zane. Uh, he's played by Billy Zane. Yeah, I uh, listen. I'm going to move into a house. I'm starting to look. Some places are getting affordable. Cedar Park. Actually, Cedar Park's pretty unaffordable. They're they're I know better. they're really better weird. things in Austin somehow. Well, come to Cedar Park. We're the we are the conservative hat of Austin. Uh, I love a you know if only I could think of some famous conservative hat of the last five years. We are the MAGA hat of Austin. Yeah, you're the MAGA hat sitting on top of austin ironically oh you're miss you misunderstand me we're not conservative politically we just don't show a lot of skin <laughs> oh yeah you're puritans yeah it's like a bonnet big buckles big buckle hat <laughs> the big buckle hat of austin yeah the big buckle hat uh never let the hair out listen no matter what ne- never let the hair out. i've been tempted by some hair in my time <laughs> boy tell tell you i'll tell you boy i'll tell you <laughs> i'll tell a boy Now for today's fun fact: Did you know Bellfergore's prime is the palindromic polyndrom- prime number one zero 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 six 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 zero 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 one, a number which reads both the same both backwards and forwards and is only divisible by itself in one. It was discovered by Harvey Dubner. The name Belphegor refers to one of the seven princes of hell who was charged of helping people make ingenious inventions and discoveries. It was named this because this number contains 13 zeros on each side of the number 666. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name is John. And together, we're Henry and John, coming at you to d- discover what's happening in the world today. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I, I kind of like that one. We're coming. We're. It's like we're a kids' show. <laughs> yeah. Look, we teach people about numbers. We're discovering what's happening in the world today, <laughs> and we're coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that their zeitgeist, which is the worst way to say what I already said. <laughs> I, I like the idea of us being kids show. I also wonder how satanic how much more satanic numbers can really get. They're pushing their luck. They really you know. What what is that noise? What is that noise? <laughs> it's Me opening a beverage. I didn't realize you had like one of those new gear opened. <laughs> I heard like a turning of gears. <laughs> it's 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 much more intense than I thought it would be. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Numbers are man-made. Some say that. Yeah. Do do you know the man who made numbers? Uh, his name is (laughs) Belphegor. Oh, no. He's one of the seven princes of hell. I, uh, yeah, man, numbers are cool. They're scary. Oh, I'm scared of the numbers. Maybe it's just because they are, for the most part, an elemental representation of some base reality that sometimes numbers can get pretty creepy in ways that maybe our observable reality wouldn't be creepy. Right, right. So you two also saw the, the number 23 of oh, Jim yeah. Carrey. Oh, the creepiest number. Gotta be 23. Gotta be 23. It just keeps popping up everywhere. Ooh, boy. Uh, Wasn't that... uh. Ashton Kutcher? No, he was in the Butterfly Effect. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was going through a... I feel like there was a Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, like, serious movie renaissance. Yeah. Uh, it didn't really go anywhere for Jim Carrey, but Adam Sandler was in some good serious roles and continues to be. Yeah, Eight Crazy Nights. Mm-hmm. The Water The Waterboy really serious biopics um, Mit- mr deeds click. click is click is very very serious and good yeah no i've never cried more at a movie than uh, mr deeds yeah billy madison i suppose was pretty serious yeah very serious you know it's it's a good departure from his slapstick comedy is like punch drunk love and rain over me oh and oh my, well, i I laughed at this movie so much spanglish Oh man Spanglish is hilarious hilarious now for the folks at home if you hear a crying dog in the background I I'm, I'm very apologetic uh that's just Deli who is acting up again listen we just have to deal with having babies now babies our babies are part you know how you'll be following a person like and an their baby personality oh, <laughs> you know when you're, you're following a baby. <laughs> Uh, and it's really easy because they don't go fast. Yeah. Um, you know when you're following like an internet personality or a podcaster through their life and you maybe follow them through like a an arc where maybe they get famous and then they can spend a little bit more money and then they get married and they have a baby and sometimes you hear the baby cry in the background and you're like, why can't it be like it used to be? That's what our dogs are for us. Except we never got famous and they're not humans, they're pigs. <laughs> Wait, they're dogs. They're they're pigs. Okay, they're, they're just yeah. long pigs. Right. So yeah, we didn't get any more money, and we didn't get famous, and we we got these baby dogs, and they just put their toys <laughs> under their bed, and then they can't get to them, and then they cry, and then they're like, "Come help me," and it's like, "I'm busy. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a bad father." I feel really bad because Leo has learned when I'm in a meeting. Because when he was a puppy, he would whine all the time because he, he was a baby. He, he didn't know what he wanted. Uh, so I would feed him treats during a meeting to keep him quiet. And now he knows when I'm in a meeting, so he'll run up to me and whine because he knows he'll get treats. And I can't figure out how to stop that. Oh, it's too late, buddy. It's over for you. I think I need to start asking people at my work to invite me to meet. (laughs) Actually, no. Uh, I could just pretend to be in a meeting. I don't know why I thought I would have to send people Slack messages being like, can you invite me to any meeting where I can sit there and say hi and then get my dog used to whining and not getting treats? Yeah, you could just pretend. But they can tell. They can tell the acting. He can! Mm Mm-hmm. Leo has also developed this incredible ability to tell when I am maybe three minutes away from entering a perfect deep slumber every night. Like, I'll be reading a book in bed, very quiet, white noises on, nothing is different. Leo, quiet as a church mouse. Uh, the second I, like, roll over to go to sleep, he's like, ah, now I scream, because that <laughs> means I get let out. It's your breathing. Your breathing changes, and he can hear that through the walls. Oh no, he's like a—he's yeah. he, a scary little superhero. He's like a predator. He can—he sees your body temperature lowering, and he's like, "No, he's dying." <laughs> oh no, oh no, that's sad. Uh, but probably true. So Delhi will do this adorable thing, like if it's on the weekend, and I, I manage to get like a couple of. Uh, couple of spare minutes to take a nap or something and i lay on the couch deli does this adorable thing where she walks up to you <laughs> she walks up to me and slaps me in the <laughs> face with her paw amazing. to be like no only <laughs> i can take naps oh listen this is not your job if you're asleep on the couch in my house deli will walk up and either slap you in the face <laughs> or put her face in your face to check that you're still alive amazing Uh, I don't know if I told this story on the podcast, but Leo has like a big hollow rock toy that he gets treats out of, and uh, he's he's learned that he can pick it up in his whole mouth, his Whole jaws extended as far as it can go, and if he positions it just right, if he if he screams into the rock, it's a lot louder. <laughs> oh, so no. he's in, he's invented music. Oh no, he's got a culture now. He like picks up this big rock and faces the sky. He goes, <laughs> 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 he's invented scream metal for dogs. <laughs> yeah, he's he's smart in in every way that I wish he wasn't. That's great. Uh, Well, enough about our dogs and our responsibilities and our terrible lives, John. I heard you meticulously gear open a beer over there. Uh, Yes, I I was meticulously wrenching open a Coors Banquet. Oh, okay, I'm not interested anymore. the, The Banquet of Beers. See, let me... Let me tell the listening audience what's going on. I want to spend less money on beer and also drink a little bit less beer in general. Uh, I love beer and rarely drink it to get drunk, but like, you know, it's expensive in terms of money and calories when you're buying craft beer all the time. Uh, No one can dispute that. So I was like, I'll buy a cheaper beer. What's the last mass market beer I remember tasting that tasted good? And the answer is, I tried Coors Banquet at the factory brewery facility Uh, at the factory in Golden, Colorado. It tasted quite good. So I was like, I'll get some of that Coors Banquet. And it just, it tastes better than like a Budweiser. Right. It tastes better than like a Bud Light or something like that. But it's not that different. Yeah, it's a little bit better. There's a little bit more hop character, and there's a little bit of an aftertaste. It tastes clean. It's just not a, a good beer, but thankfully, it's pretty cheap. Well, that's good, because you're not paying for taste. Uh, it does have something that I never saw before. A uh, gun. Uh, you never see this on beer. It actually has nutritional information. I saw that when you were over here last weekend. Because for one 12 fluid ounce serving 355 mils for our Brexit heads, uh, oh John, our Brexit heads have, have way more to worry about right now, right about now than, than our <laughs> oh, podcast. I, I think that's fair. I think a, a cool a cool chorus banquet might help, though. Uh, it, per serving 5% alcohol, so you know, standard. 147 calories, 11 grams of carbs, 0 fat. I like a little fat in my beer, so points off there. Um, protein 1 gram. Oh. So I'm on a new program uh, where I drink 200 of these a day. That's that's the protein you need to get swollen. Yeah, I'll be sw- I'll be swollen in a lot of ways, mostly my liver. Oh uh, yeah, get that swole liver. That all the bodybuilders are talking about these days. I just want gains. I don't care where. Did you honestly just suggest to our fans across the pond that a a (laughs) Coors Banquet? They invented beer, you understand. Like, they they have way better stuff on tap than we do. No, 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 no. Just because they did it first doesn't mean they do it best. Uh, I don't know, buddy. I don't know. Over there. They got a whole different way of doing things. They serve at room temperature, which at this point is boiling. (laughs) Yeah, what are you going to get? A warm pint of bitter? Or are you going to get a cool, refreshing Coors Light served in a tin can? Cool as the Rockies, baby. Oh, you don't even know what the Rockies are because you don't have any beautiful, natural mountains or nature where you come from in Europe. Well, Britain doesn't have many mountains, but there are mountains in Europe at uh, large. Name one. The Swiss Alps. That's a range. Oh, you wanted a specific, the Matterhorn. Okay, fine. Is that real, or is that just a thing in Disney? No, the Matterhorn is real. Okay, Disney didn't invent the Matterhorn. I would have also accepted Mont Blanc. Oh. Like the pen. Mont Saint-Michel. Huh? Mont Saint-Michel. What'd you call me? Mont Saint-Michel. What, what you calling me? <laughs> Mount Saint-Michael. <laughs> Mount Michael. Mount Saint-Michael. Uh, now I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, Mont Saint-Michel. Huh? <laughs> I'm just saying I... a cool, refreshing course... <laughs> All right, get off of this American drivel. I'm drinking some American beer as well. Nice. What you drinking? Uh, This is the last two of my family business beer company, Golden Age German Style Pills. I thought I had a different beer left, but it turns out uh, between my wife and I, we polished those off. That is uh, the beer of Jensen Ackles, as we've discussed many times, correct? Yes. Yes. Soldier Boy from The Boys. Wow, spoilers. Boilers. Yeah, uh, good old-fashioned boilers right here on Zero Credits. We don't give a shit what you like or watch. We spoil what is ostensibly just the most basic information. What actor is playing what role in a show that's currently very popular? Listen, I don't know if you know, in the current discourse, a spoiler is anything that happens in a show. It can happen in the first episode. It's a spoiler. Okay. You're ruining someone's experience by saying an actor is in something. I'm sorry. I apologize not only to everyone listening, but also to Jensen Ackles. Someone with a lot of Funko Pops is going to seppuku you. You can only seppuku other people. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you can only seppuku yourself. Okay, well, they're going to do something else to you, and then someone Are else caring? will have to figure out what to do with their Funko Pops. Yeah. What's a Funko Pop? It's, you know, those little big-headed action figure things that no one takes out of the boxes? Yeah. That's a Funko Pop. I hate it. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have any.
1: Nervously. I don't have very
0: st- strong feelings about Funko Pops, though. N- nervously looks around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nervously looks around my, my closet that's full of Funko Pops. Yeah, your Funko Pop closet. They're all Mrs. Incredible. <laughs> Wait, are they all the same Mrs. Incredible? Or are they different versions of Mrs. Incredible? The same. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, some are in better condition than the others. I don't need to know their conditions, John. <laughs> I'm just... You asked... Well, I thought maybe Funko or whatever the company's name is did a a bunch of different runs of Mrs. Incredible. Well, if they did, I'm not interested. (laughs) You just want the original. Just the one. Oh, God. Okay. And the one I have 250 of. I'm worried about you. They. Listen, how do you think I get such good soundproofing in this closet? Mrs. Incredible. Yeah, I am surrounded on all sides by Mrs. Incredible, which is how I want to live and how I want to die, and how I will die. Okay. <laughs> all right, John. I think we maybe we should pivot away from your proclivities. I mean, if if you want to, I'll talk about it all day. I don't think we want to hear that. I have three options for you, John. Hmm. Uh, I have. Uh, Three flavors of things to talk about. We've got something that's very serious and dire. Ooh, uh, ooh, ooh, a little a little Neapolitan. Yeah, we got a Neapolitan of offerings. Uh, the first flavor is something serious and dire. Uh, the second flavor is a very good uh pretty fun conspiracy theory and the third flavor ties into the beginning of the episode. Um okay, which one is strawberry? Is <laughs> strawberry typically the third flavor, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry? Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm going to go vanilla, the fun conspiracy theory. The fun conspiracy theory. This snooze dropped today. It's very important uh, that everybody knows that uh, Russia says it's losing because Ukraine has experimental mutant troops created in secret bio labs. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, listen. When when the Russian media apparatus starts, it doesn't miss. The Russians just very good with media, very savvy. Uh, so they're they're really killing it. Uh, what? Yes. Uh, so nearly five months into its senseless war against Ukraine, Russia has concocted a wild new explanation for why the Kremlin's plan for a quick takeover takeover. Fell apart so spectacularly. It's because Russian or Ukrainian troops were turned into superhuman killing machines during secret experiments in American run biolabs. Okay. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a better explanation than having a poorly run, miserable military. It's a better explanation than that, I suppose. Yes. Uh, this, of course, is flying in the face of the fact that thousands of Russian troops uh, refused to fight, uh, which they they sabotaged their own shoddy equipment, and some even deliberately wounded themselves to abandon the war. Instead of acknowledging all of that, clearly the real setback for Moscow was drugged up Ukrainian soldiers. Listen, I want to say, Henry, I think you're stepping a little bit too much into editorializing. You're acting like these troops... Uh, unanimously, unilaterally hating the war and Putin uh, is, is true. What if the super soldiers are true? You're right. You're right. I'm taking too much stock. Uh, the fact of the matter is two Russian lawmakers are heading up a commission to investigate these so-called <laughs> bio-laboratories. Uh, this is, of course, according to the Commerçant, the very famous uh, Russian newspaper. Um Konstantin Koskachev, the deputy speaker of Russian Federation Council, and Irina Yaravaya, deputy chair of the state Duma, touted what they described as bombshell findings from the investigation. Listen, I, I just gotta say, kudos to the Russians here, because you gotta know... A little something about injecting people with stuff that makes them superhuman to take on an issue like this. Yeah, you got to take it takes one to know one, right? Yeah, it really takes one to know one. Uh, you know, it's not like a pot calling the kettle black situation. Uh, but listen, Russia's been making superhumans for a long time. Name one. Uh, anyone on the Russian Olympic Committee? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Drago. No, he was uh, an American, made Russian through the magic of movies. I have no idea what Rocky IV is about. Uh, It's not very good. It's pretty jingoistic. It's funny in retrospect, but uh, I just think there's a very simple solution to this problem if you're Russia. What's that? So you've got Ukrainian super soldiers lifting tanks, throwing them, etc. You just need to unleash... Some of these Russian super soldiers you've been creating for the Olympics, send them out there on those little time trial bikes. Send send the curlers and the snowboarders out there. Yeah, let's meet superhuman soldiers with superhuman athletes. I'm sure some of those skills do translate. Yeah, I mean, shot put. Yeah, put a grenade in that, that put. Javelin throwing? Put a grenade in that javelin. And of course, my favorite Olympic sport, land warfare. Put a grenade in that <laughs> land. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a time tested strategy. This is yeah. silly, right? I, like, no, I, I, this I is do... complete. No, John, this is completely serious. The, the The committee revealed that testing Ukrainian POWs' blood. They uncovered a, quote a range of diseases end quote that suggest they were secretly experiment on, experimented on for military purposes. Okay, but like no actual explanation. <laughs> also, a series of diseases. Diseases, John. Everyone knows when you create a superhuman super soldier, the side effects include a range of diseases. Yeah, well, I mean, it's classic, like, uh, biochemistry to get something. You got to send it on something you know the body will accept. So they send in super soldier, uh, I don't know, atoms, <laughs> molecules, super soldier uh, nanomachines. But they got to ride in on MRSA. Oh, what's MRSA? It's like a flesh eating virus. Oh, Right. Well, no, you see, it's just, it, this proves, look, look, this, this is all founded on scientific logic. Um, this, so according to Yarovaya, uh she says, And we see the cruelty and the barbarity with which the military personnel of Ukraine behave, the crimes that they commit against the civilian population, those monstrous crimes that they commit against prisoners of war, Confirm that this system for the control and creation of a cruel murder machine was implemented under the management of the United States. Okay. Uh, Fascinating. I mean, let's be real. If this stuff really existed, I wouldn't put it past us. Oh, no, no, no. We are not. We would not be. We are not so innocent to to, have not. I'm sure we've thought of it. I mean, MKUltra. I'm sure we've thought of it. Oh, yeah. No, if, if we had the tools to make super soldiers, I, I wouldn't put it past us. Uh, except I I don't know that we would actually provide that level of support to Ukraine, given uh, what we've done so far. Uh, but listen, there would probably be a lot of arms dealers out there who are superheroes, <laughs> if if the us had super soldier serum yeah you would think you would think like blackwater would be rolling out with some super soldiers and like to to do it better than the you know the government can kind of thing you know that's what's really missing from the captain america movies is the understanding that like as soon as america has any kind of resource we tend to misuse it uh and instead people steal it from us they wouldn't need to steal it from us we just make a bunch of like We just sell it military contractors, eight foot tall monsters. Yeah. We would just sell it to our own guys who would then sell it to other people. Like it's just, yeah. Uh, but, uh, goes on. Of course, John, um, she says, I don't know what the context is, but she says, and those performance enhancing drugs that they are still given in order to completely neutralize the last traces of human consciousness and turn them into the most cruel and deadly monsters also confirm this <laughs> this is listen for any doubters any haters listening to this it has been confirmed yeah we confirmed this, it in those two paragraphs i just read this is that happening. was confirmed that was look okay you want you want actual evidence john i've got actual evidence oh please Sheik also claimed that the presence of hepatitis A antibodies in Ukrainian prisoners' blood was proof of an American Biolabs conspiracy since a former health minister for Ukraine was a dual Ukrainian-American citizen who had worked to acquire drugs for the treatment of hepatitis in the country. Okay. Take that that apart. Take take that apart. Doesn't the hepatitis A vaccine just give you those? is isn't it possible that they just got vaccinated against hepatitis A wait did the vaccinations oh I get it the vaccinations turned them into the the most cruel murder murderous monsterly deadly uh murder machines murder I'm just saying i I did get my hepatitis A vaccine later than most I won't go into it uh but when I did get it I spent a good three years as a murderous war machine. Yeah, we all have that mandatory conscription period here in America, where, you know, thankfully none of us can or should ever remember that time. But we get our Hep A uh, vaccinations, and then for a brief three to five years, we all are super sto- uh, super soldier murder machines. You know, I think this is actually a very similar strategy to what the right pulled with the the seven foot tall Antifa super soldier. Oh yeah, I remember him. Uh, I I think I think someone just like came up to a general in the or I don't know what the structure of the Russian army looks like, uh, but I think they came up to this person and said, "Hey, why are you losing ground to a uh, much less well armed and uh, theoretically organized force?" Uh, to which they responded, "They have giant super soldiers, commander." How do I? How are we supposed to defeat giant super soldiers? We can't. Yeah, no, you you can't at all. It's not like they have tanks. No, well, look, a tank can only do so much. Yeah, you you saw that scene in Saving Private Ryan. You can just shoot a tank with a pistol and it blows up. I didn't finish the movie. I didn't start it. So (laughs) clearly, we are experts in this. Yeah, you can take out a tank, no problem. Just going to like, shoot it a little, be a super soldier, climb up on top of it. I've played video games. I know how to take down a tank. Yeah. Tanks are... You sneak behind it, and you take out your blowtorch, and you just blowtorch the tank until it dies. Yeah. It's super simple. What's really funny, though, is is in real life, tanks are actually surprisingly brittle compared to a lot of, like, armed personnel carried carriers but that's just because of their treads oh, so like yeah. tanks get tanks get like taken out of commission all the time but it's just because of they they have the tank equivalent of a flat tire and they're like well can't do anything about that nope so take I it. guess we'll just sit here take all the grenade laced shot puts and javelins we can <laughs> we gotta get out of here pile on out Russian Olympic Committee yep Man, it's, uh, I, I wonder, we always vacillate back and forth on assuming that Russia has like this very well-run, like perfectly orchestrated media apparatus and then stuff like this happens. Yeah. I have to wonder, cause this was all of course, to the benefit of like the Russia population to be like, look, we're on the right side. At least we're still human. They're, they're turning their people into monsters. That's why we're losing that kind of thing. Uh, you have to wonder how many people in Russia are hearing that and believing it. I mean, there there was a period of time when the military operation slash war in Ukraine started most recently. Uh, and one of the talking points that Putin had was like the increasing Nazification of Ukraine. Uh, and, and that was all over Russian media. And also it, it ended up in American media and people are like, crazy person talking about the nazification of ukraine uh to which i say there there's kind of a thing happening in europe right now um that a lot of us don't really understand i don't understand but uh there's a lot of nazis over there all of a sudden in ukraine and russia and everywhere else uh so that wasn't necessarily totally a lie though not the real justification for going to war but, right like uh super soldiers uh, that ain't it yeah, I I was thinking about this earlier today. I think I think before I saw this headline or maybe this headline triggered it. But you know, back in like the 70s and 80s, we would make these movies where, you know, what it doesn't matter what enemy, but that enemy was always experimenting and coming up with new crazy shit. And like it would be like super soldiers or like killer robots or something. And like the hero would would just be a human up against their, their backs against the wall against these super forces, but through their cleverness and ingenuity, they would you know find a way to disable the the super threat and, and win the day. And I was thinking about this in the context of like, they don't make movies like that anymore. They really don't, unless it's like a superhero movie or something like that. We don't get that, that run of the mill cool action movie anymore. But I think that thought, because you know, a lot of the time, the enemy in those movies were were Russians, and I think maybe Russians are like rewatching what we used to do during like the eighties and seventies and stuff, and now they're just like repackaging it to sell to their people. I mean, I, I don't think you're totally wrong. There is this is something I, I've thought about a lot as someone who likes action movies and uh, philosophical thought. Uh, is this? Stretch of time where we were obsessed with the idea, the American ideal, the Platonic American ideal at that point was like this scrappy person, typically from like a big city or the country, who's just a, a person just trying their best, and then they were up against some Russian who had some unfair advantage. Uh, so in Rocky Four, IV, Ivan Drago's on steroids, like they show like drugs or whatever. Not like real steroids, but they're like, oh, there's a syringe around. Uh, And I I think that's kind of continued throughout time in human history. And I actually think it's kind of a reductive thought. We have this obsession with, like, fairness in every arena. And I understand, like, we get a charge out of seeing someone, like, overcome, like, quote, unfairness. But it seems like kind of puritanical or conservative to be like a weird new thing was happening but you know what a standard normal person took just like you and me i don't know like those movies are starting to feel kind of make america great again to me no no it's definitely like the stories about like you know a room full of educated people couldn't figure it out but this this everyday everyman walked in and was like, "You all, no, you could just use a pencil, right?" Yeah, it's just the, it's this dumb, reductive mythology of the everyman, where whereas there is no everyman, no, <laughs> like it it is it is erasing the identity of those like twelve smart people at NASA who like were trying to make a pen to go into space, which we've talked about this on the podcast. That story is bullshit, and that uh, that's what I was evoking. So good for you and ca- catching that. But, like, it, it erases the identity of the people who are, like... And, and even going back to those Facebook posts where it's like, that boy was Albert Einstein. <laughs> it, it, all this does is, like, erase identities of people. And I think at its most extreme end, you do kind of end up with the overriding psychology behind why people, like, don't want trans people in sports...
1: Is because they're like,
0: oh, this is this is a unique unfairness. This is this, you are upsetting this perfect balance that existed before, which has happened in sports uh, at least since the '60s with like the the Olympic protests, where people are like, you can't go into sports and use it as a platform because it's supposed to be the purest expression of human athletic achievement you're you can't sully that it's just supposed to be you know normal humans there's no normal human <laughs> no human right. is normal like intellectually physiologically everyone is totally different right yeah yeah it, it, that all supposes a baseline for humanity exists and that baseline is somehow wholesome or more like moralistic like we shouldn't you shouldn't deviate from that baseline, but the truth is, the baseline for humanity is like, I don't know, alive. That's it. Like that's yeah. the only criteria. Is like, I guess technically, I guess dead people were human too, so maybe not even that. You know, who knows? I mean, the thing that we're having to grapple with now with like trans athletes and sports is people are like, oh, we should ban trans athletes because the second anyone is using. Any drug that improves their athletic performance, it should be cons- they should be considered an untested athlete and can't compete. Um, and I'm like, but women can be born with like extremely high levels of natural testosterone or like long muscle bellies of the bicep femoris or whatever allows them to like throw a javelin or a pole vault better. Like everyone's born with their own special steroids, and sports self selects. For extreme I, i'm getting on a weird tangent this is just something that really annoys me <laughs> no i get it and i just to prove just even more simplistically what you're saying like all right so all asthmatic athletes sorry but you can no longer compete because you're taking a drug to make you perform better doesn't matter that you perform worse to begin with because of your condition you're taking a drug to perform better therefore you got to get out we're sorry no asthmatics yeah, like, do you take Claritin? Do you have an allergic reaction? I, it's, it's ludicrous to me. And this is maybe my argument. A lot of people are getting all bent out of shape with this idea like, should we let trans kids play sports? And my answer is yes, you should. But I think we should take something from how bent out of shape we're getting about the quote unquote fairness and evenness and purity of sports and say, like, sports are pretty silly. It's yeah. a pretty silly artificial thing we're choosing to do, and it is not actually the utmost priority of society to mandate fairness in a very silly little thing that we do. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not. Yeah, it's not, it's not as are on the line. You know, I, I would want fairness in my warfare. <laughs> yes. So no super soldiers for sure. Absolutely. Like where where's the referee is, is what Russia is crying for. <laughs> yes. Bring someone in the blow the whistle. Bring in the ref I I'm just saying it's it's very silly to imagine that sports and nay anything in life is fair right. by itself uh let and you know what warfare isn't fair good on the ukrainians for making super soldiers which you, we've confirmed on this podcast is actually happening yeah that's pretty great i'm super happy to hear that super soldiers exist because you know i just want i'm just one of those mar- marvel clubs i just want life to be more like my favorite marvel movies i just want life to be more like my favorite uh marvel comic she hulk yeah, let's get in the courtroom. I just i i might change out my my Miss and Mrs. Incredible Funko Pops uh, for She Hulk Funko Pops when they come out. Oh, when they come out, yeah, because they're going to come out with the show. Of course, yeah, they're going to be new ones. Uh, and Howard the Duck is also my favorite Marvel property. I don't think he's getting a show. I'm sorry to say. Damn it. Yeah. Oh well. They did a movie once. I don't think anyone likes it. They'll they'll like it again. Put that Kevin Feige behind it. Mm, get Cast that Kevin Feige as Howard the Duck. Can he act? Sure. Okay. Mans can do anything. Mans can do anything. Oh yeah. Well, once he gets the Ukrainian super soldier operation, he can act. Yeah, it's not a drug. It is an operation. To be clear, they well, implant it. The, a... They implant it in you. It's a series of drugs. yeah it is it's a program. yeah it's like a regimen. Yeah listen you just have to take the Ukrainian super soldier drugs and then you bench you, you bench squat deadlift five by five five days a week and uh, drink a gallon of milk every day and you'll get huge. Yeah, go mad go, <laughs> go mad or go home. Go mad or go home. that's what they call it that in Ukrainian. I, uh, gallon of Ukrainian milk a day. Gal mad. Gal mad. Wait, gallon of Ukrainian super soldier drugs oh a day. Oh my god. Gau's dad. Oh, uh, what happened to the milk? Why is it dad? <laughs> uh, drugs a day. No drugs. milk. <laughs> Listen, no milk. replace milk with drugs. I always do. There's a point in everyone's life where they have to realize they have to put away their childish things yeah. And replace milk with drugs. Put away the carton, take out the needle. I've been saying it for years. Listen, man's been saying it. The man has been saying Uh-oh. it. The man has been saying it. Ah. Uh. Well, I'm glad we could put a bow on that topic and all the weird ways we went, uh, but that just leaves us with two flavors left, John. Ooh, you know, I typically, hmm, I'm a real freak. <laughs> a lot of people, they go vanilla. I'm bringing this back. A lot of people go vanilla strawberry chocolate, right? Right. I, I typically go vanilla chocolate and then the <laughs> mystery third flavor that you'll find out later. What is happening? <laughs> Uh, so I'm gonna go with the first one, the right. sad one, the no, serious, sad, serious. serious one. And so I, I do like that we're putting these two topics next to each other because I, I I said one of these was the conspiracy theory, and one of these was serious, and uh, now you'll see that payoff. Now, um, also army related, John. Here we go. This epic news. Sorry, this news is dropping today. It dropped. This morning, John, I I shook when I read this. My whole world was destroyed when I read the Rolling Stone article. It's an exclusive. Fake accounts fueled the Schneider-cut online army. What? I know. A Warner Media report reveals that bots and other inauthentic users bolstered the fan-led campaign for director Zack Schneider's Justice League do-over. Who is responsible? Who did it? Who did it? Indeed. So those of you who know, who, who've listened to us before, you know that we're real Schneiderheads. We, we love the Schneidman, as we call him, and we personally campaigned in the trenches. We were there on the digital battlefields to bring back the Schneider cut, and we, were, we, we will be the first to tell you of course they were bots. This isn't a surprise to anybody. Listen, we were in there. We were in the trenches. We were doing some real toxic, problematic stuff. But you got to do what you got to do. Get that Snyder cut. Yeah. So this this uh, Rolling Stones article is fascinating because it uh, paints everyone in the in the, in it as a villain. <laughs> as well, it should. Everyone in this in this whole situation is a villain. I mean, yeah. Did you watch the Snyder cut? Yeah. John. Did, did you, did, did we watch it on this podcast? Yes. Does that feel like the work of heroes? Oh, you're right. All right. Well, this is funny because, um, I don't know this. According to multiple sources familiar with the matter, Snyder confronted an executive in the studio's post-production department and issued a threat. Joff and John are dragging their feet on taking their names off my cut. Now I will destroy them on social media. That was a quote. Okay. Wait, is that a quote from Zack Snyder? According to multiple sources familiar with the matter. And then that sentence ends with a direct quote. Now I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. Uh huh. But to me, that's hearsay, and how can you publish that? It, it does seem odd, somewhat, to say, according to multiple sources, quote, direct <laughs> quote, according to multiple sources, I will slaughter a baby, said Zack Snyder. Right. Uh, so I do highly recommend reading the whole article, but I will zip down to the matter at hand. Uh, Two firms contacted by Rolling Stone that tracked the authenticity of social media campaigns, Q5ID and Graphica, also spotted inauthentic activity coming from the Snyderverse community. And yet another firm, Aflethia Group, found that the Forsnydercut.com domain, which claims to have made the hashtag release to SnyderCut hashtag go viral, in May of 2018 and became the landing hub for efforts to bring Snyder back to the helm of the DC universe was at least at one point registered to a person who also ran a now defunct ad agency, which promoted its ability to bring cheap instant avatar traffic to your website. Okay. So maybe it's an inside job inside from who inside from uh, what is it? Warner brothers. Maybe. It could have been. I don't know. Do they do they have the DC movies? WB is that it? They do. Yes, they do. Okay, on, on the rights. I would not be surprised. So, I I think that this is something that a lot of people are aware of now. Oh, weird DC tie-in with Amber Heard, right? <laughs> like the 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 Aquaman, uh, yeah, <laughs> Prince, yeah, yeah, Princess yeah. Titania or whatever the fuck, um, Me- Queen Queen Mara. Yeah, Princess Titania. Um, so this is this is something that we're very aware of with the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard trial, is uh, there was a, a concentrated effort to attack and defame Amber Heard through whatever PR firm Johnny Depp hired uh, to a degree that made a number of people uncomfortable. Right. We uh, all I, saw I, the memes go viral. Yeah, I, I think... I'm sure some people were slipped fat checks to make bad TikToks implying that she pooped in a bed. Uh, Gotta love it. I think people are weaponizing social media in ways that we're not totally aware of yet, Uh, and and this is concerning to me because we were duped. I don't look. I don't think anything that uh, that is in this article should be surprising to anyone. Because of course, for a large corporation to make movements on things, there there needs to be justification, and I'm sure Warner Brothers did some on their part to ensure that. Look, people are still talking about it. This every time it came up, because it came up once, you know, multiple times throughout like a couple of years, and every time it came up, to me, it felt like, oh, this is still in the news. And I think that Warner Brothers like kept stirring up this like keep poking the bear and like, well the bear woke up a little bit this time. What happens if we poke the bear harder? Oh, the bear woke up even more? Oh well okay, this time let's try just a little bit. Okay, it didn't like they kept maybe like doing litmus tests to see like was this really gonna create the buzz that we wanted to create? I mean I think if you're in a Warner Brothers brothers' position it makes sense because you don't have like an incredible amount of spend other than the the amount of money that they spent on like reshoots. Didn't they do reshoots or or like more? Se- they spent a decent amount of money on the Snyder Cut, uh, but they they did not spend as much as it would take to create a new movie. So maybe rehabilitate the image of the studio following the uh very poor reception of the version of uh, justice league that's the movie right uh of justice league that we got don't spend a ton of money create a massive amount of buzz for the studio get a lot of money get a lot of streaming dollars right it makes a lot of sense get a lot of new users on our new platform hbo max which literally just launched a couple of months before I mean, they got millions upon millions of people to watch a movie that no one really should have watched. It's, <laughs> it's much... To be clear, right. I do want to come down on the side of uh, this movie is a, a lot better than what we got in theaters. A hundred times better. It's at least uh, cohesive in terms of its artistic vision. Uh, but, like... More people saw the Snyder cut than probably should have. Many yeah, pro- more people yeah. cared about it than should have. Yeah, because of the buzz, the groundswell that I still think that any bots that were used, I think they were fans trying to get the message out even more. I don't think this was like manipulation by corporate entity or or by Zach. I think it was just, you know, the internet's gonna internet and they're gonna they're gonna do like they did with the uh, the Oscars. And they're going to rig it so that both Zack Snyder movies in those polls were featured in the number one spot. Listen, the flash enters the speed force. Exactly. Uh, So Rolling Rolling Stone spoke with more than 20 people involved with both the original Justice League and Snyder's Cut, most of whom believed that the director was working to manipulate the ongoing campaign. Snyder claims that if anyone was pulling strings on the social media fervor, it was Warner Brothers trying to leverage my fan base to bolster subscribers to their new streaming service. What we just said. Uh, But one source maintains, Zack was like a Lex Luthor wreaking havoc. Okay. That's an inside WB source who's trying to stir up shit. <laughs> that is someone who's like trying to stir up buzz, specifically name dropping Lex Luthor, keeping keeping the the not pleasant reference on brand. Come on, right? Uh, so some he was people... like a gorilla grad. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a quick. What's the new villain in the Aquaman movie? <laughs> a Black Manta. <laughs> He was a black manta behind the scene. He was pulling the strings as black manta does. Yes, you know, classic manta shit. <laughs> yeah, classic. Yeah, I mean, so other, so like marketing executives weighed in. They're like, just look at the drop. There was a, a tweet trending at a million tweets for a day when they wanted to release a Snyder cut and then it dropped down to 40,000 within days, you don't see a drop like that organically. Uh, you do though. You do. Yeah, you really you, do. You, you do. <laughs> the internet's super fucking fickle. And uh, especially on Twitter. Cause once something gets big on Twitter, Twitter starts a clock. They're like, all right, we're going to feature this on our trending page uh, for like three hours. And then after those three hours are done, they're like, what else is big? And they stop featuring it, so people stop finding it. Like it, this is all well documented. <laughs> yeah, I uh, that absolutely happens. I don't know. Seems like a, I mean this this Rolling Stone article is kind of like a hit piece for some reason. And honestly, who I think the real the real funny thing is who the fuck cares? I I care to a degree, but I care maybe more. I care more so about the implication that Zack Snyder was some sort of brainiac, mastermind, Gorilla Grodd, Clock King. Uh, give me another smart... They're all smart. All the DC villains are smart. Clayface, brain. Face, brain. He, a real Mr. Mitzelplek, uh <laughs> What was I saying? I take issue the with the... A real megamind. Uh, I, I take issue with the characterization of Zack Snyder as being some mastermind behind the scenes. Because I truly don't... Maybe after years of talking about this man and his silly movies, I've grown too fond of him. I, I truly don't see that for Zack Snyder as a person. I don't, yeah, I don't-, I, I don't think that he has the desire or bandwidth to do something like that. No, I, I really feel like he he got swept up in the movement himself, and then was like, "Well, as long as everybody's asking for it, I'm gonna weigh in and show my support for this cause." But I don't think he he really tipped up, tipped his hand. He didn't. He wasn't like I don't know. I really don't because he was going through a lot. Like he was going through family trauma. He was going yeah. through, be, you know, being fired and stuff. Like he was going through so much. I don't think he willingly wanted to work with WB again. I don't think with what he was dealing with with his family, he would come and be like, okay, now I have to take him down on social media with my bot army. Yeah. Because, like... Now to enact my master plan. Here's the thing. Unleashing a bot army is nerd shit, and I don't think Zack Snyder gets up to a lot of nerd shit. Nah. Uh, Also, I I am on the side of, I think, WB probably helped it at least a little because at a certain point you lose nothing by fanning the flames once it reaches like a certain level of uh, of saturation like if you know as a studio you've as a calculated risk you're like okay we're gonna do it it doesn't hurt to like fan those flames and get additional eyes on streaming service uh, so I, I, I would not put it past them yeah especially just because the timing's just a little bit suspect because, like, yeah, HBO Max was kind of new. They, they really didn't have much on it. They had, like, Search Party and, you know, the whole HBO library. But they didn't have that big draw, that big thing to get people excited about it. Uh, so they're releasing it just on the Snyder Cut. I mean, <laughs> releasing the Snyder Cut just on digital, just on streaming on their platform was a, probably a huge move for them. I mean, that's, like, the most valuable buy-in for any company right now is just getting people on platform, especially for a streaming service, because, like, especially if you're HBO Max and your offering is, like, relatively strong and your price is relatively low, you get people on platform, they're never going to leave. Yeah. Uh, So getting people on platform for HBO Max, huge win. Like, kind of a no-brainer in terms of, like, doing marketing spend on, like... Engaging some shitty advertising company that can deploy Twitter bots for you. Now here's where things I think get a little blurry, because I I'm gonna I'm gonna propose a theory to you. Oh please, yes. Uh so I mean stick with me here. The uh the, the conflict in Ukraine is only five months years old. Wait. <laughs> the conflict in Ukraine is only five months old, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, these super soldiers were able to be rolled out really quickly. Correct? Uh huh. What if it's because they weren't they weren't turned super soldier after the conflict started, but they were able to to be rolled out so quickly because they were already super soldiers for the sole purpose of posting, Release the Snyder cut around the clock. Using their super soldier stamina. That's right. It was the Ukrainian super soldier army that was backing the Schneider cut. You know, about halfway through, I thought you were out of your mind, but now I think you're 100% dead on correct. I think just an emboldened, uh, humiliated Zack Schneider turned to his good friend, the Ukrainians. Uh huh. For they support. go back. They go back a while <laughs> for support in his trying times, and and the Ukrainians out of the kindness of their heart were like, "How do we help our dear friend?" And one of the Ukrainians, if I knew a Ukrainian name, I would say it was like, "Well, you know, we do have the super soldier program that we're wet ready to roll out at any time." And uh, Zack Schneider was like, "Yes, yes, this will be it. I shall have an army." if you will, an army of, of of almost seemingly seemingly undead soldiers. An army of the dead, if you will. <laughs> yes. To champion my 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 lost baby, my project, my my Schneider cut. And then of course while he was while he was doing that monologue he was like also another movie called Army <laughs> of the Dead. But I'll put that away for later. But yes, please Ukrainians, please do this. Do this very well and good thing for me, Zack Schneider. I, I think, I really think you nailed it. Uh, it he looked at them, he's like, this is going to be a real uh, sucker punch. <laughs> Watch this, man. <laughs> I only need at least 300 <laughs> yes. soldiers. I only need 300 soldiers. Now, you know. I I think earlier when I said that uh, all the Russian communiques coming out about the increased Nazification of Ukraine, it was a mistranslation. There is a word in Russian for Snyderfication. (laughs) Oh, no. Yep, Ukraine was becoming increasingly Snyderfied. They were like, yeah, all, all of these Snyder fans are coming out and they're just saying, release the Snyder Cut. We got we to gotta save Ukraine from them. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're just, honestly, the Ukrainians are just trying to save the Russians now because yeah. after they declared the special military operation in Ukraine, they don't get HBO Max anymore. Oh, it's all coming together. It all makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, the Ukrainians are just trying to let... The Russians watched the Snyder cut. Because it's so good. But yeah, because it's so good. The Ukrainians yeah. it wasn't just a favor, they also really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, it's they, like when you get a friend to like read your manuscript. It is right. a favor, but it's nice if it's a favor and they really like it and you can tell they really like it. Yeah, so yeah, what happened was Zack Snyder got really drunk, called up Ukraine. And told them, you know, the differences, how his cut was going to be different, and they were like, "Oh no, we it's so good, we got to do something." And like all good friends, they're like, "No, you should do it. You should we'll do help. it. We'll help. We'll help. Look, look. We'll enact our super soldier program. It'll be. It's fine." And I mean, if we're honest, a little bit later, Ukraine's kind of regretting it. Zack Snyder's kind of regretting it. He knows he's putting them out. There's like a weird power imbalance in the relationship now. But you know what? At the end of the day, he got to make his movie and Ukraine has giant super shit poster soldiers. It's a win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win for everybody involved, except the Russians who are being massacred by super soldiers. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, like, when you highlight the realities, my joke doesn't land. You could say it anyway. That was the joke was it was a win win. I can't justify oh, it. Oh yeah. That's you funny. made me feel bad because people are dying. It's a win win, Ukraine Ow. and Zack Snyder. It's it's not a win win win. It's a win win lose. Yeah. 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 Gotta account for everybody. And and honestly, not to not to conflate the two, but it's kind of a one win lose lose because like we did have to sit through the Snyder Cut for four yeah hours. yeah it's kind not of to, not to conflate that to losing your life, but we did lose four <laughs> hours of our life. Yeah, not to conflate with losing. Honestly, it's pretty close. I love that we no longer have the patience in this you know hundred plus degree weather with all the shit going on to pretend to like the That's Snyder true. Cut that we've been doing. That was the joke. Oh yeah, you're right. (laughs) That was the joke for the longest time. Was that we were really gonna, and we, we, I think maybe we peeled the veil back a little bit on our two episode supplemental reading of the Snyder Cut. Oh man, we we kept that up for maybe two sentences into this story. (laughs) I know. We just dropped it immediately. The flash sequence is still the best moment in cinema history. Yeah, fan favorite flash entering the speed force. He touched the cube. Dude, touched the cu- wait. The what? <laughs> he touched the cube. <laughs> he touched the cube. I just need a soundbite of you just going. <laughs> he touched the cube. Listen, flash entered speed force. He touched the cube. Yeah.
1: Superman came thought.
0: back. He touched the cube. That's what I thought you'd say. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Superman came back. He touched the cube. I don't you know would what be, you. You would be the one to say that. I don't know what you want me to say. You would be the one to say that. Did he touch the cube in the Snyder cut? I don't know what you're talking about. Did they take out the cube? You mean the the. The thing that brought Superman back. There was like a cube that was going into some, like, some water. Yes, he, he did. to touch the cube. That's a completely different moment of the film. That's why I'm confused. Oh, you're right. That is, a, that is very different, yes. That is like hour yes. two, and yes. the moment I'm talking about is hour three yes. minutes that and 50 seconds. Yes, that was something that was absolutely not in the theatrical version whatsoever. He enters the speed force, he touches the cube. Guys, <laughs> the different moments! They're different moments! <laughs> Listen, I I'm just happy that he touched the cube. Okay, I'm happy he touched the cube. I can't believe Okay, we're moving on. We're moving on. They, they opened the segment of the Oscars for like fan favorite moments. So number 1, the Flash enters the speed force. Number 2, the Flash touches the cube. Number 3, the Flash throws a chair at a woman singing The Shallows in Hawaii. Yeah, all, all of this Rolling Stone stuff and, like, not a sentence about Ezra Miller's weird meltdown in Hawaii. Zack Snyder's the real villain, whereas Ezra Miller is actually a supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, unfortunately, John, that just leaves one last flavor of ice cream for you to choose from. Uh chocolate. You know, chocolate ice cream, we could talk I, I about thought, this for... I thought the th- first one was chocolate. No, the first one was vanilla. It was in the middle. Right, so what's on the, the left? The second one was chocolate, actually. I actually got to talk about chocolate for a second. I'm not a big chocolate ice cream fan. I think a lot of it's pretty low quality. A good quality chocolate ice cream, though. That's pretty good. But you know what ice cream flavor you can't go wrong with? Which one can you not go wrong with? Strawberry. The flavor everyone hates, but I love. I used to like the strawberry and the Napoleon, uh, <laughs> the Neapolitan canisters because there was always strawberry left over so I was like oh there's a lot for me and then you put you put the chocolate sauce on it and then it tastes like chocolate I was all about strawberry dairy remember strawberry milk I was all about oh, quick strawberry no. milk no 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 sorry you uh, lost me no it's gross I love it uh, banana milk but listen they stopped putting strawberry chunks in strawberry ice cream I don't know what happened oh strawberries got too expensive Damn it, the supply chain. Anyway, Strawberries on deck next. Yes, so if you remember, if you recall, John, I opened this episode with uh, a Satanic number. Uh, Yes, Belphegor's Prime. Belphegor's Prime. And uh, Belphegor's Prime, of course, is just another example of Satan's work in the world, not unlike a certain monument that we had previously covered on this show. Uh, We read... We read Google reviews for this monument back in the day. I can't cite you the episode number, but uh, go check that out. It was a really good time. John, do you remember the Georgia Guidestones? I do, and I think I know to what you're referring. Yes. Unfortunately, we have to bid a fair farewell, a rest in peace to Georgia Guidestones, because, John, someone blew them up. (laughs) Yes. What an unbelievable thing to have happened. The Georgia Guidestones, which, uh, you know, they're doing a deep dive on what some of the slats said might have been more uh, more, more problematic than we, we originally thought. Uh, but they contained in several different languages instructions of how to rebuild society upon some sort of society collapse. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And a lot of people, for some reason, thought they were satanic in nature. And so someone. Took it upon themselves as their Christian duty to blow them up. That's I mean, that's just what Christians do. You know, you know that part of the Bible that says if someone erects a monument to a god that is not I blow it up. I just don't get it. Why blow up an innocent rock? I've got a headline here from the Washington Post that reads far-right called U.S. Stonehenge, the Georgia Guidestones, satanic and cheered when it blew up. Okay. Okay. I'm... So I want to tell you that I am reading some of the reviews of the Georgia Guidestones again. Remember people thought... I remember when we read through them, people were like, this is a, a horrible, you know monument to the devil and it should be taken down or stuff like that are any of those popping up uh let's see from a month ago just before it was blown up interesting uh quote the review the people who believe the earth is overpopulated are the same ones wanting to jab you and your children with life quote life-saving vaccines just remember that your next doctor's appointment everything you need to know about this place can be directly found on the World Economic Forum website. Start reading about their specific evil plans so you can better prepare. So the World Economics people put up the Georgia Guidestones because there's too many people and they they concocted a deadly virus and also a deadly vaccine to get the numbers down? Uh, NWO can go F themselves. Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, Democrats of General Pfizer and the Deep State, can also join the NWO in effing themselves. A farmer in the area needs to destroy this thing with a tractor. Oh, well, somebody didn't get that memo. No, they destroyed it with a bomb, I believe. Uh, yes, uh, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said, How quote, stupid do you have to be? <laughs> Like, how little do you have going on in your fucking life where not only do you believe this insane conspiracy theorist fucking nonsense, you you must not have two brain cells to rub together if you believe that there is a palpable and immediate threat occurring in your world and you believe this fantasy world nonsense and you write a one-star google (laughs) review about you're like oh i'm gonna wake up the sheeple with my one-star fucking google review well i mean somebody was incised and inspired to blow up this monument with with actual explosives yeah, no, so, they're, they're dumber than the people who are leaving the Google reviews because they right. actually did something. Yes, according to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, uh, unknown individuals detonated an explosive device around 4 a.m., destroying a large po- portion of the Georgia Guidestones. Um, and then, it, yeah, this, this article goes on to what? Uh, video footage released by law enforcement shows a car leaving the scene shortly after the blast although the G.I.B. did not specify whether the driver was connected to the incident. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, later in the day, authorities demolished the whole monument, citing safety reasons, which, honestly, I think that's more the more upsetting part. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if you can't have it collapse on somebody. And it's, yeah, and no, nobody was in charge of it, because, yeah, these Guidestones were put up in the middle of nowhere in a town um. A town, a city called Elberton, which is one hundred and ten miles east of Atlanta. Uh, And but you know, who the people who put it up, whoever funded it was anonymous. Uh, The people who put it up were just like granite sculptors who are like, no, this is you know, they own this land apparently, and they want it here. But there was no one like overseeing the property. Yeah, I mean. From my understanding, a lot of these reviews state it has like 24-hour surveillance, which makes people who feel uncomfortable. How come they can't get this guy? I don't. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. Here's the history: uh, a man identified as R.C. Christian commissioned the project on behalf of a group of out-of-state Americans who wanted to re- remain anonymous, according to the Alberton Granite Association, a trade group. Uh, people who knew Christian's real identity took an oath of secrecy that has not been broken. Uh, didn't the didn't the plaque on that say didn't the plaque on the Georgia guidestone say some crazy shit? Uh, yeah, yeah if you read into it, um, it called for the world's population to be capped at five hundred million and encouraged reproduction to improve quote fitness and diversity. Oh, so it's a eugenics guidestone. So... I mean, fuck those rocks. If you read into it, they're supposed to be like, if the world is destroyed, this, oh. these are instructions on how to rebuild society to maintain order during the Reconstruction period. That is my interpretation. Uh, because when they were put up in the 1970s, and at that time, um, there were already four billion humans alive. So capping the population at 500 million would be uh, in no small terms, a drastic change. Yeah. So I, they're essentially saying like through, through eugenics practices is how one should repopulate the earth. I, yeah. So people, uh, people were interpreting it as like population control. Um, One representative uh, whose name you might've heard before uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene spread and supported unfounded conspiracy theories uh, that the monument represented a future of population control as envisioned by the hard left. Great. Because that's what the left is about. Yeah, the, um, the left is all about eugenics and population control. Not, uh, not a classically right-wing position in history at all. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, like, these Guidestones, they've been up since the 1970s, but only this year were they getting such media attention. Because uh, that Marjorie quote, Taylor Green, whatever her name is, happened on you know uh, InfoWars, the Alex Jones show that's uh, unfortunately right here in Austin. Uh, but also in the gubernatorial primary, the Guidestones got to mention because educator Candace Taylor, who finished a distance third to the victorious encumbrance, pledged to dismantle the monument and fight the Luciferian cabal that she suggested was behind it. So like again and again, this note was being hit by the media, uh, especially the right wing media that these guidestones one exist and two are apparently are monuments to Satan. So I think if we take a step back, the explosion of this monument for good or for better or worse is an example again of how words have power, and how when you incite violence, and violence happens, you should be held responsible. I mean, it it's almost as if this has been proved time and time again over the last 20 years, and we should maybe start taking this shit seriously. Uh, that, I don't know, man, the number of times that people on the right have, like, systematically egged people on to violence and there have been no repercussions insane to me yeah i mean there's two big ones i can think of right now one of them is the explosion of the fucking georgia guidestones and then another one happens to be the insurrection that happened (laughs) on january 6th one of them is is blowing up America's Stonehenge. The other one is th- the attempted overthrow of the government by your uncle. yeah too too pretty like if if if, if, if like ugh. okay I don't want to make this about politics but like the, the worst thing that the left has done in the past couple of years maybe is throw some milkshakes yeah. And now the worst thing that the right has done has has been blow up monument that it wasn't a government monument, but then also try to take over the country. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not a good precedent. I will I will leave the reviews of the Georgia Guidestone with uh, perhaps the only one that matters. Uh, I won't read his name because Google publishes your full name. Georgia Guidestones. A disappointing, smelly, and bug-infested place crawling with hicks. Drive to this stinky place took longer due to construction on, eight, on I-85. It is not worth the time and effort now, and never will be. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. Uh, So, you know, calling out the Georgia Guidestones in a non-satanic, conspiratorial way. Yeah, on top of everything else, it apparently was very boring. So, like, even less of a reason to blow it up. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I just get so mad. Just these people are so dumb, and there's nothing we can do about our silly little podcast. No, I just get worked up into a lather about it, but it's fine. I mean, it's not fine, it's bad and getting worse. And I don't know that uh, there's gonna be a solution to it before something really bad happens. Right. I mean, what could be worse than the attempted overthrowing of our government? I mean, I think I know what could be worse than that. And yeah. you just need to change one word. In that. Right, right. Uh, but John, this is where things get weird. Because what if this group that blew up the Georgia Guidestones, they got away. We don't know who they were. We don't know if the driver was involved with the incident but there's a little group that has been known to be very inspired and take on tasks uh, that 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 people really need to get done and that it's I, it's all connected john it's all connected i think the ukrainian, ukrainian super, super soldiers, <laughs> soldiers absolutely absolutely <laughs> They saw those Google reviews. They were like, let's take a trip when this is all over. Let's take a trip to America. What sites should we see? What famous monuments should we visit? And they typed in, like, oh, Stonehenge is big. Is there an American Stonehenge? <laughs> and they found the reviews of the group. Google- you know what's near us? Georgia. We should visit <laughs> the Georgia in America. <laughs> You know, yes, yes. So they were like, let's let's look what Georgia has to offer. And they found the guidestones and they found the slew of scathing reviews. And they were like, These Americans, these poor Americans, they've given us so much. They funded our biolabs. They gave yeah. us the drugs. They gave us the drugs to make the Snyder Cut happen. And a lot of them didn't like the Snyder Cut. So what can we do if the uh, for the others who didn't like the Snyder Cut This is it. They've given us so much. Let's take down this monument for them. We've got the training. We've got the explosives. We're in the middle of a war. No one's going to bat an eye if (laughs) a contingency contingency of Ukrainian soldiers hops on over to Georgia and the U.S. and blows up a monument. It's wartime. Things are crazy. Yeah, no one's going to bat an eye. And, you know, they called it. There's really two demos in the United States. People who love the Snyder Cut and people who hate Satan. And those Venn diagrams do not touch. No, they're two circles that that are parallel to each other. And they shall never, never shall even the borders meet. They, they drove up to it and they're like, wow, this is a stinky, bug-infested place crawling with hicks. Yep. Let's blow it up. Let's blow it up. And I think, I don't think this episode could have been done in a different way. So hats off to you, John. Listen, I'm good at picking ice cream flavors. Yeah, you start with that vanilla, go to the less favorable chocolate, and end on the strawberry, and very strongly. They should make a Neapolitan that has orange sherbet instead of chocolate. You want... You want vanilla, orange, and strawberry? Yeah. I'm and a big the, fruit ice cream guy. And the orange is sherbet? It's not even ice cream? I Wait, so sorbet is water-based. I think sherbert is dairy-based. So it's just a fruit ice cream. But why right? is it a different name, then? Why is it I just orange ice cream? I don't know. Ask Mr. Sherbert. I don't know his number. In North America, sherbet, sherbet, (laughs) sher, Sher, sherbet, sher, sherbet, sherbet. Often referred to as sherbet, sherbet is a frozen dessert made from sugar sweetened water, a dairy product, and flavoring. So it's just fucking ice cream. Why is it called sherbet then? Versus ice cream. Ice cream contains 50% milk. Sherbert contains a maximum of 10% milk, so a little less milky. Okay. <laughs> a little no less cream. milky, Scarecrow. No cream. Your dog is going insane. I know. I don't know what she's doing. She's. I, she's, I already warned them. I already warned them. I, I think I know what she's upset about. What? What? ukrainian super soldiers they're outside my door they're like we gotta terrorize this dog (laughs) listen we blew up the georgia guide sounds we made the snyder cut happen and now we have to terrorize an innocent chocolate dog they've listened to the podcast they know they're like this dog barks so much maybe if we maybe if we make it bark so much (laughs) it'll never bark again (laughs) yes maybe if we blow it up no that's my dog Listen, I'm just saying you gotta go fight eight super soldiers. Oh, I don't stand a chance. (laughs) You might. We'll see next week. Okay, we'll see next week. But for now, I think we've all learned that for all of life's problems, there is but one solution, and that is a single contingency of Ukrainian super soldiers that may not have existed before the Schneider Cut was a thing. Yes, the only solution to life's problems is Ukrainian super soldiers. Yes, they do everything. They spam bots on the online. They blow up monuments. And more importantly, they fight the battles that we're too weak to fight. And if you want to spam us online, just set up some... You know what? Don't set up the bots yourselves. It's complicated. Don't hire an advertising agency. Just contact the Ukrainian super soldiers and have them reach out to us because we need some of that Snyder Cut buzz. Release the John Cut hashtag. Right? On social media, make that happen. Release the Henry Cut. Of what? This episode. It's going to be in black and white twice as long And uh, it's going to start with Superman screaming for 12 minutes. Uh, But the way that you can make that hashtag hashtag happen is by tweeting at us on Twitter.com at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. Said on Twitter.com twice. But that stands for Henry. That stands for Zelensky could potentially can... Whatever. He junts. <laughs> That's right. And if you want to send us a longer tweet and email, I believe your grandpa calls it. I haven't done the social media reads in like a month. You can send us an email to email at zerocredits.net. It's still a website, and we get our emails there. We are on. Many podcasting services, including the one that you got this podcast from today. But if your friends are on other podcasting services, feel free to let them know we're on those as well. We're on your Apple Podcasts. We're on your Podchaser, which might be changing its name. We're on your Good Pods. We're on your Google podcast. We're everywhere you want us to be. And then some. That's right. We're some places you don't want us to be. But... Most importantly, the place where we want you to be is in somebody's face, telling them about this podcast because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. Find a friend and hold them close, whisper gently into their ear the tale of zero credits, and they hopefully will listen and then you guys can listen to it together. You'll go to the gym, they'll be on a treadmill, you'll be on the treadmill next to them. They'll have an ear, they'll have an earbud in, you'll have the other Earbud in, it'll be cute, and then one of you, the other person, will like put the volume up, and that annoys you it's slightly too loud, or maybe it's like slightly... you'll break up as friends, but you'll both still listen to this podcast. And rumor has it, you can hear another person's heartbeat through this podcast if you love them. But dump, but dump. That's right, listeners. I love you. And from everyone here at the American-run bio labs in Ukraine podcast studios, we want to wish you a happy week. That's right, a uh, happy week. Uh, hold on, Henry, what's up? At su- at some point, my bottle of Coors Banquet turned into Ukraine's best. Oh no! These the family... door to the the door to the closet is open. <laughs> John, John, you gotta get out of there. John, they're, they're, they're in your house. <laughs> oh no, they came for both of us at the same time. <laughs> well, if you guys don't hear from us next week, we're gone, because we got blown up like the Guidestones. <laughs> Goodbye! Blown up like those satanic rocks. Goodbye! <laughs> Turn the air conditioning to 50 degrees and then die.